Hello, this is Leela Viss, and I'm the host of Key Ideas. It's a new year, and with it comes a fresh episode format. This is the second episode to drop in a lineup of this bite-sized format. As I described in episode 39, it's designed to allow you to chew on a nugget instead of feasting at a giant buffet. I heard you loud and clear, and these shorter episodes are keeping me hyper-focused. I appreciate your feedback and your ears. Thanks for sticking with me. At the end of episode 39, I gave you a challenge. How'd you do? How many times did you ask a what if in your lessons? Did it open up possibilities beyond your normal on-bench instruction? Did it give you the courage to try something new? Did you notice your students' eyes light up when you asked them to hop off the bench? Did their arms go up in a cheer when they won a game that they played in a lesson or played on an app after the lesson? As a reminder, the question of what if was meant to get you thinking about how to integrate off-bench time into your lessons. Off-bench time is a label for three types or parts of a lesson. Number one, a designated time before, during, or after a lesson where students complete assignments off the bench. Number two, any time spent doing a purposeful activity that engages the body beyond the fingers on the keys. And number three, any time spent completing activities that involve tactile or tech-savvy tools. In a nutshell, off-bench time is spent doing anything besides playing repertoire that jumpstarts skills on the bench. Make sure to head back to episode 39 to learn why I'm so passionate about off-bench time. My goal is to empower you to craft your own off-bench time. A good place to start is this simple yet effective three-stage process. Prepare, present, and practice. Now, these three Ps are just one of many labels that you could give to each stage. Choose what works for you. The first P, which stands for prepare, is the time to engage students through a dynamic experience that grabs their attention and piques their curiosity. To help you understand what I mean by each stage, I'll use an example of how I go about teaching landmark notes on the grand staff to a student I'll call Lacey. Preparation for navigating the grand staff begins weeks before as Lacey has been finding all the C's on the piano with finger two, with the right hand, then the left, up, down, high, low, with a firm finger and supple arm and wrist making rainbows between each C. During this prep stage, Lacey makes the connection that C's are next to the groups of two black keys. This logic and verbalizing the relationship of the unknown to the known kickstarts her independent learning at the keys. Then I ask her to guess where middle C is. Most likely, she has already heard of that term and knows where it is. I recently picked up some adorable letter and number erasers at the Target dollar bins, and so during one lesson, Lacey places a C eraser on all the Cs as a tactile reinforcement. Before I go on describing this 3P process of teaching landmarks, I want to make it abundantly clear that as Lacey is learning her landmarks, she is simultaneously learning numerous pieces by rote. This means that she is choosing and playing music that is far beyond her reading level and learning most of it by ear, by copying me, and memorizing. After she begins playing a rote piece, I give her the score of the piece so that she sees the roadmap. She may not understand all the signs, but she is beginning to recognize patterns and pitch direction. It's almost like I treat the sheet music as a blueprint. As Lacey learns these pieces, she may encounter the landmark C's, which helps her navigate the keyboard as she plays her rote pieces. It's almost as if they serve as a compass. 
Now back to how I teach landmark notes. The grand staff is really like a map that provides the location of pitches on the keyboard. The problem for Lacey is that there are only seven pitch names, but 88 keys. The grand staff grid may look more like a maze rather than a map for her. So during the second P stage called presentation, I explain why it's important to know specific names for certain pitches or landmark notes by relating this idea to a nearby grocery store chain. In the Denver area, there are King Super grocery stores in every neighborhood. So when referring to the location of one, we clarify it by saying, oh, the King Super's on Arapaho and Holly, or the one on Dry Creek and University, or the one on Holly and County Line. So now I clarify the location of certain C's to Lacey by giving them special names, just like the Denver area King Supers. Deep Blue C, Cow C, Middle C, Face C, Cloud C. I also give special names to some G's and F's, and Lacey will learn those after she masters all the C's. It's important that Lacey's ears engage just as much as her eyes while learning the grand staff. So I like to play a few games while her eyes are closed. First, I want to make sure she can discriminate between what a middle C sounds like and what it doesn't sound like. And so I'll either play middle C or another C, and she must answer yes if it's a middle C or no if it's not. Then I'll begin playing other C's and ask her to match them on her piano. After a few rounds of this matching game, I ask Lacey to match the C I'm playing, and once she finds the C below middle C, I introduce Lacey to cow C, and we say, hello, cow C. And we continue until she's familiar with all the C's, their names, and where to find them on the keyboard. Then I'll pull out the grand staff map that I've created that shows where all the C's live, and Lacey begins to correlate the location of each landmark on the grand staff to the location on the keyboard. This is just the start of the process, with many more reinforcements to come in the following weeks and months. By the way, giving specific names to landmarks has turned out to be incredibly helpful during online lessons. If Lacey finds the wrong C, I'll say, oops, can you find this C? First to trigger her ears. If she still can't find the one that I'm playing, then I'll say, oh, can you find cow C? You're playing middle C. The final stage is practice. Of course, I slip in plenty of quizzes during the lesson and again assign Lacey to find the C's between lessons at home. For off-bench time that follows her lesson, I've got almost too many options to reinforce the C's. I've got a fabric keyboard and lids that I purchased long ago from TCW or Three Cranky Women, flashcards, B's keys, and Hal Leonard's keyboard guide. And I own plenty of apps to reinforce pitch recognition. One of my go-tos is Flashnote Derby because I can easily choose as little as two pitches to review at a time, and kids love the horse race sounds and graphics. My other favorite app to master landmark notes is NoteQuest because developer Grace Lee programmed drills around my specific landmarks, and her app includes exercises that feature landmark notes and intervals above and below them. Recognizing landmark pitches is a skill, but reading intervals from them is when reading really happens. And that's why I'm a big proponent of landmarks, because they serve as guideposts that give Lacey direction. My intention is that Lacey master pitch recognition through these three stages of prepare, presentation, and practice so that she has tools. My hope is that these tools give Lacey the confidence to be curious. When she memorizes the look and location and sound of landmarks and intervals, she can then logically figure out any other pitch. When her logic kicks in, reading clicks. 
It's those light bulb moments that get me cheering because I'm so happy for Lacey that she can figure out things without me. I could go on and on about how I like to drill pitches. And if you'd like to learn more about the reading exercises I created and watch a video on how to use them, head to the show notes and click on the Grand Staff Map. You'll also find links to Flashnote Derby, NoteQuest, and digital escape room games that drill pitch reading. If holding an official off-bench time as an extension to your present lesson time has piqued your curiosity, head to the show notes where there's a link to an extensive article and videos about how I amplify my lessons with time away from the bench. Before the next episode drops, here's a challenge for you. As you teach pitch recognition and train students' eyes to read from the grand staff using my approach or your own, design at least one drill that engages the ears and the body away from the bench. Whenever they hear middle C, ask them to sit on the bench. When they hear cloud C, they stretch their hands high above their head. And if they hear deep blue C, they touch their toes. To see what I'm up to on and off the bench in real time, make sure to follow me on Instagram, where I share ideas and reels of students participating in off-bench activities. Got questions or requests for future topics? please email me at elvis at me.com or shoot me a direct message on Instagram at Lelavis. I'm here to help. By the way, when you get a chance, it would be so kind of you to leave a five-star review and a comment at Apple Podcasts. That way, other teachers just like you can find key ideas too. I'm Lelavis, and see you in the trenches on and off the bench. <laughs>